Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Oh, it's fun, crazy. It's painful, but it's wonderful. What is the name? It's Roycey Unchained. And it is Roycey Unchained. Patrick, are you unchained on this Monday? I'm not a very happy guy. Well, then you're unchained. Because uh, Fred, Fred Willard died, one of my yeah. all time favorite characters. Uh, and of course, uh, unfortunately in modern times of podcasting, we can't play like the, the YouTube highlights of, uh, the, uh, the, uh, totally off the cuff, uh, commentary he did, uh, on, uh, the best in show, the, mm-hmm. the dog, the dog commentary. And he was a former baseball player and a lot of people who aren't the age of you and me, don't remember that the color that the guy who did that uh, for years and years and years at the Westminster Dog Show was Joe Garagiola. Yes, he was the uh, you know it, it was a smash hit the analyst. because of Joe's complete naivete about about dogs and he would ask these silly questions and uh, I think that they eventually he was still alive when they got rid of him I think the dog people wanted a more serious commentary <laughs> for the uh, importance of the Westminster Dog Show. But uh, I must have watched the, that three-and-a-half-minute clip of uh, of Fred Willard when Judge Edie Franklin, as it turned out, uh, is uh, looking at the dog's rear end, and the guy explains to him uh, that, well, there's there, there, you got to give credit to the guy that's playing off him, or the straight guy, too, because he didn't know what. Fred Willard was going to say, right? You know, and he says, "Now what? Why is he? Oh, he says, what is she looking at there now?" And uh, and he said, "Well, uh, she's uh, you know inspecting the testes area." And uh, he said, "Oh, he said, uh, Judge uh, Edie Franklin, I hate to go on a date with her and have her judge me." <laughs> Oh, God, he, he was a great deadpan guy, man, alive. <laughs> he was uh, hilarious. Canadian, I think he probably started... Uh, I should, uh, Second City, He started probably. with Second City, right? Yeah, all those great uh, yeah, guys. It, it was him, Eugene Levy, right? Well, Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara. Joe Flaherty. Yeah, I, I Joe think Flaherty. Was. Joe that Flaherty. Candy, that SCTV oh, stuff that they, that, that they did was fantastic. Joe, uh, Joe Flaherty as... as uh, Count? Oh, yes. Well, count what? Count? It wasn't? Oh, I got count, count whatever it was. The count. Ooh, the count. Scary. I 
on my one of rare occasions in Florida, I was so bored I decided to go to Mass on a Sunday morning about 7.30, yeah. and the priest sounded like the Count. Oh, no. Yeah, he sounded oh. like the Count. It was fantastic. He was like a Serbian or something. But uh, Joe, Count. Yeah. I'll find it. Count, Count Floyd. Floyd. Count Floyd. Count Floyd. Count Floyd. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh Count that's Floyd. very good. <laughs> oh, Flaherty was fantastic. Oh, God, they were all great. It was unbelievable. And, you know, really a forerunner to, to Saturday Night Live really was. Do you remember uh, John Count Candy's uh, 3D House of Pancakes? Yes. And he would swing a plate of pancakes towards the television <laughs> set so it looked like it was fading. Look at these pancakes. <laughs> and then he'd swing them towards the TV for, oh, the, for the 3D experience. Oh, God, it was great. Oh, it was. Uh, and, uh, you know, Fred was, uh, Fred was just a hilarious guy, 86 years old. Probably one of the greatest deadpan comedians of all time because mm -hmm. he he didn't have he didn't have to try he didn't have to work hard to be funny. And of course, Christopher Guest, who uh, took full advantage of him in uh, in uh, several of those uh, great movies he did, Guffman. Yeah. You know, he's like he had uh, he had Guffman, which is fantastic. And then he had, uh, you know, the the, uh, the best in show, Mighty Wind, and Mighty Wind was pretty good. Mm -hmm. And boy, he then hit the wall. For your consideration, was uh, not funny. And then apparently he made another one, Mascots, which I never, I, I never saw that was terrible, because I said, I said on Twitter, I said, uh, for your consideration was guests. Godfather 3, and somebody else says, what does that make mascots? Tish, Ishtar? So, uh, so uh, but, uh, boy, he was funny for about three of them. And, of course, Christopher Guest in on the greatest skit in the history of Saturday Night Live, the uh, the uh, synchronized swimming thing oh, with, God, with, uh, with uh, him. Uh, Martin Short and yes. Harry Shearer, right? Yeah, I think that's I right. I think Chris, that was... Christopher Guest is the coach, right? And uh, and Harry Shearer and and Martin Short are the. Oh, it was unbelievable! Martin Short's wearing a life jacket, and and Martin Short. Says, I don't. I'm not a group, right? At one time, yeah, yeah. He, he was says, in that group. He says, "I'm not a strong swimmer." <laughs> <laughs> He's in synchronized swimming. I'll never forget L.A. Olympics. Covering the L.A. Olympics in 84. Yep. And the boxing, you know, the L.A. sports arena was home to boxing. And we did a lot of boxing that year. Holyfield and the U.S. had a big team. Sure. Virgil Hill, I believe, was on that team. And we, we considered him a local because he was from North Dakota. That's good enough. And, uh, and then the track was, you know, and then that was also the press room for track. Mm -hmm. So, and you had, you know, track and field was huge. Mary Decker and the whole deal. And... I remember being in there hacking away at like 9.30 at night trying to make a midnight deadline and looked up and there was synchronized swimming on the TV, Big, you know, because yeah. the, the competition was pretty well done for the day and it was on the TV. And I, oh man, I might have been right in my afternoon stuff. It might have been even later. It might have been a late night. And because St. Paul still had a uh, afternoon paper then. And and I remember saying, what 
in the hell is this? I had never seen it, never heard of it. Heard of it. So you didn't and know I about it going in. I didn't even know it was an Olympic. I don't even know if it was an Olympic sport. It might have been a demonstration sport. But I, I was over there the next day to watch it at the because the swimming was outdoors at the Southern California pool. It was outdoors uh, swimming. They used to do that in Olympics a lot. Outdoor pools. Barcelona had an outdoor pool. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's right. Of course, we don't. Uh, we we make them. Was I that the first in. games, Patrick? When when we started to get these, what we would consider goofy sports? Because there was a time, oh, yeah. you know, when when I was a kid, the Olympics were really popular. Yes, and really sort of by the book basic, of the sports. Yes, basic sports. You didn't have all the nonsense. And yes, eighty eight is when it kicked off for the Winter Olympics because not because of what was on the schedule there, but because that was the first year mm-hmm. they went to three weekends. The Winter Olympics were a 10-day thing. They didn't change the schedule, and but they had 16 days of the Olympics instead of 10. And there were days in Calgary when nothing was going on. Mm-hmm. And that's when they said, okay, we need crap. <laughs> and they started, they went to artistic skiing and, you know, half pipe and all that stuff because they, they had to give TV – Something for their money if they were going to. They needed, uh, I think it was ABC then. Am I wrong? No, you're right. And it was ABC. And they had paid so much money, yep. they had to give them three weekends, but they didn't have the events. I remember going out and artistic skiing, I think, was new. Now, like two, that was one thing they'd added. And I remember going out, riding me. Riding up the ski lift with a ballet skier to get to do an interview. She said, "Well, come on up with me." You know, it was a like a Wednesday afternoon. There was nothing going on. The hockey, the U.S. was done in hockey. There were no hockey games, and uh, uh, yeah, and that's that's when they went to the. Uh, then we added and added, and of course, I believe we are only four years removed from ball, ballroom dancing. Oh God, help us! In the summer games, I think God ballroom dancing is in. Baseball and softball, by the way, are out again in 2024. Are they out? In Paris. They're in Tokyo. Yeah. They weren't They weren't on the London schedule or the Rio schedule. They're back this time, well, hopefully next year, and then they're out again in 2024. Why are we bringing them back if we're going to lop them off? I don't know, because they give a lot of influence to the hosts and Paris. Okay. Paris has baseball no has baseball. never, ever struck me as an Olympic sport. No, but there's a lot of them now. Much like, like golf, that, you know. So I, I, you know, baseball doesn't need it. Softball does. Sure. I mean, it's great for softball, and yeah. they should have it. Although we're so, although we did get beat last time by Japan, I believe, 2008. But, uh, but we're so dominant in it. But at least it's something for the, uh, for the women to uh, look forward to. So what? So. What was the first games that you covered? Uh, 84 L.A. Okay. And then I covered at Calgary, 88, Barcelona, which is the greatest ever, uh, 92, you know, because that's when the pros showed up and the dream team, and uh, it was great. And then 94, I went to the Lillehammer, and then Sydney and Salt Lake. I've done six, three, three each. And a lot of ways the winter games are, are better, but uh, I think when you're there, you like the summer games better, but if, you, if you're watching. Winter games, I think, are more fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Uh, and, you know, 2 the team that doesn't get enough, uh, we don't remember fondly enough, is that Herbie's uh, second 
Olympic hockey team. Mm-hmm. They got beat for the gold medal, right? Yep. In a in a one goal game, I believe. That was a and that, that, that was quite hell of a game. The, pro, the pros in that were great. Oh, they had the best. And it players. made perfect sense at that and time. And the great thing about it was they had no prep time. Yeah, you know there was no time to put a system in. Yeah, they, you know, they showed up like four days beforehand, yeah. slapped everybody together, and said, "Go out and score goals, boys." Yep, because you couldn't. Play Jacques defensive. There were no neutral zone traps. Kirby couldn't play his Russian scheme system that he did in boy, 1980. That, that was that was when the media had some good seats too, man. I remember being out there. Well, we <laughs> had four people covering. We sent Jones, Tom Jones, out to cover That's the right. hockey. That's right. We had a hockey writer, mm-hmm. and then we had. Uh, Jay Weiner and Rachel, and mm-hmm. Rachel was in the process of replacing Weiner as our By Olympic way, person. Tom Jones, a genius for cutting that deal for himself. Oh yeah, yeah, he was out there. All he did was cover hockey, but it was for me, it was the worst Olympics I ever covered because I wasn't. They'd say, "Yeah, go write a column," and you'd say, "Okay, but what else am I going to do today?" And they said, ah, "We don't need it. We got right. You know, we got three pages, and we got four people writing, so they didn't want." You know, like in Barcelona, you'd have five or six pieces a day, and, yep. you know, and uh, out in Salt Lake, they didn't need the extra stuff. That's when I became a big Lindsey Vaughn fan, though. I think she was killed, though, then. Killed out, her first Olympic. Oh, yeah. And I had to take this bus on a Saturday morning up into the, you know, up into Park City and... And they're going to be there all day because it was a slalom and it was two because to do a Lindsay piece. And it was like one one race kicked off at nine and then the other didn't kick off till like three in the afternoon. And Lindsay fell down, which eliminates you, mm-hmm. came over to this fence, talked to us for 15 minutes. I got in a bus. I was back downtown an hour and a half after I left. I could have been there till dawn. It's like when you drove to Mankato <laughs> yes. one day, looked at Tom West, the PR guy, and said, where's Travis Taylor? Travis he walked Taylor. around the corner. He the was coming out of the boys' room. The shortest trip ever to Mankato by a media member. <laughs> yes, right. Never saw practice. No. Talked no, to Travis talked and went to Travis the car. 20 minutes, got in the car, and took off. Sometimes you get lucky. But, uh, yeah, the uh, – you know, 92 was just just great, and it's a perfect Olympics to cover because you got like seven hours, six hours time in your favor, but you aren't. But you're writing about stuff that right. seems like it just happened. Sydney was terrible because you're writing about stuff that happened two days ago, basically. Right. You know, I remember calling into my uh, morning radio hit. From an event that I was then going to, like, basketball games Garnett was playing that would then be the next day's piece. And everybody says, well, you got to write ahead. you got to write. And what you don't get that kind of access. You know, you don't you, you don't get the access to, okay, I'm going to write a, I'm going to sit and talk to Jason Kidd for 20 minutes and write a feature for tomorrow. No, that ain't, ain't happening that way. So The mixed pool does, doesn't allow you nah, to have a nice long sit deep, down with deep, uh, deep interviews, no. NBA Although player. the NBA guys, in those circumstances, the NBA guys were always great compared to the other leagues. They just, you know, Brian McIntyre was the greatest PR guy in the history of American sports, and he was the NBA guy, and he made sure those guys cooperated. And, hmm. you know, he was 
I don't know what kind of gift they bestowed on their athletes, but they were, you know, they were they were always cooperative as hell. Jason Kidd gave me that great quote when uh, I remember that that uh, Lithuania damn near beat him. Remember mm-hmm. in the semis, I think they had a shot in the air. If it had gone in, they would have beaten him. I think it was a two point game. And he was saying to everybody, you know, we were saying the question, what, what if they make that shot? Because there's like two seconds to go. And everybody we regard it, ah, we weren't worried about it, blah, blah, blah. Kid says, well, we all would have had to move out of the United States. We would have had to move out of the United States and pick another country. He says, I already claim New Zealand. <laughs> you know. So, uh, you know, you don't get that quote from too many guys. So, so anyway. what what was you on a ski lift for the first time like? That's what I want to know. I think I'd been on one earlier to go up, like they'd let, had us go up to watch the downhill and stuff. But uh, there was a look of terror in this skinny woman's eye as she was up there with this. Because every time I breathed the thing, it'd go whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> she was she was terrified, I'd say. So, um, but uh, I, 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 I... She invited you on it. I've never gone back to look at how rotten that column had to be, but it was terrible. And we had, I guess, the, you know, you knew it was the bad Olympics when the the stars were Eddie the Eagle and the Jamaican uh, right. bobsled team. That's right. Those were like, Eddie the Eagle. Got, Eddie the Eagle and the Jamaican bobsled team became like the stars. I think that was the Jamaican bobsled team. 88, okay. right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was my first Winter Olympics, 88. The Eagle, I just remember, was a punchline, but it was a good story. Oh, yeah. But then the first day it happened, it was, but then you, everybody beat it to death. Of course they did. They beat it to death. It's like the Super Bowl when you cover the Super Bowl back in the table days when, you know, when you get there and, I mean, you'd be writing and, hey, this guy's good. This guy's good. So you didn't care what their impact was going to be on the game or anything like that. Would he give you good quotes? So they'd they'd all say, hey, you gotta, you gotta talk to Matuzak. Yeah, he's great. He'll tell you anything. So we'd all the next day, you'd go from having eight people at a table to forty because we'd all want to have the all all go to the guy who's gonna give you the good quotes back then. You know? What what's the worst or what was the worst big event to cover? Super Bowl. What's the worst like as far as as just a dirt? No, I ideas? thought that the Super Bowls, the ones I covered. Were, uh, they gave you a great access. I mean, we, you got access till Thursday, right? I think yeah. you got access yep, till did, Thursday, yeah. Then yeah. yep. Friday was the, coaches. the, the uh, big press conference was yeah. Friday. But uh, but they gave you, uh, you know, they gave you tremendous access, much more than they would have preferred to because it was, uh, uh, I don't know, you know, back, you know, in my heyday of covering the big stuff. Was, the World Series was, was great, right? The World Series was good, yeah. You know, the World Series got really tough because they won let you the clubhouses after a while and, and the game, the length of game, length of games is what screwed yeah. you up, you know. But, the, you know, they were, you know, the w, the NCAA Final Four uh, is tougher now than it was. But, hell, back in the day, you know, Saturday wasn't great. Friday wasn't great for the Saturdays because you'd get like each team would be at them. You could either go to the club, uh, you could either go to the locker room, or but while they were doing their interviews, and you had the coach and three players up there, and it was short. But on Sunday, they would have both teams there for an hour and a half, 
and they would have a 45-minute mass interview, and then they'd send everybody to side rooms, and you could go in these little side rooms and talk to a player for 40 years. The player was in there by himself, no, you know, little media guy, but it was a room the size of this studio here, mm-hmm. and and you'd have him for 45 minutes or if you want to, but then the coach would stay at the podium for those 45 minutes, and that's when you could just, you know, there'd be 20 guys left, and you could just BS with them. And they, I remember Bayheim changed my image of them completely when, whichever one now, the Key Smart year, what year was that? Uh, the year of Hoosiers when they lost to Indiana. 87? In 87, yeah, 87. 87, I yeah, Knights' last championship, right? Or no, no, wasn't it? It might have been. It might have been. Yeah. But Bayheim's just started telling stories about his early years at Syracuse, and they were hysterical. Mm-hmm. You know, he was just yeah, because he always came off as a jerk. Oh yeah, he did. The he dowered, but, but in this, it was just right. like you know, he, he when he came to Syracuse, Ben Schwarzwalder was the football coach for God's sakes. Jimmy Brown was his coach, was you know the football coach, and uh, but he t- he told stories about like being the golf coach at. Syracuse and the assistant basketball coach, but and then but he's like a, a scratch golfer, mm-hmm. great golfer, mm-hmm. and he'd uh, he'd he and the other coach would play behind the team, you know, the team and the teams and tee off, and then, and then he and the coach would play behind him. Yeah, and he said whatever the Syracuse papers, something Chronicle, whatever the name no, of it, I can't know. remember. He says in that paper we were undefeated. In my golf career, because I'd only call in the score if we won. <laughs> <laughs> we never lost a match as of being the golf coach. So anyway, yeah, they were, uh, you know, that's where, that's the pandemic is what it's going to change. It's going to change the the access world has gotten much and much worse, but we've talked about this. It's going to change it completely. Oh, yeah. I, the impression I get from what I've been reading about the baseball thing is we're not going to be able to go to the ballpark, right? I... It would seem that way. Now, I've seen that only, only, definitively saying that, but only, it surprise me. Only essential personnel. So what? Cover it from your couch, basically, and, and they'll do a Zoom call with the yeah, writers. Uh, yeah, good luck with that. But uh, uh, I, I know, I, but My I question get, is football. If, if they're going to be as nuts, yep. If they're going to be as nuts with these security uh, operations as the leaked stories over the weekend indicated. They're not letting us in. The well, ball. do you think baseball is going to work with that plan? No. No. Like you they're got to play baseball. They can't pee. It sounds, yeah, yeah. Well, they're also telling them that they, they want social distancing on the field. What's that mean? Right. There's a guy on first base. You're not going to hold him on? No, I don't. And I, think I mean, the guy, guy's going to steal third. You can't steal third because you might slide and have a guy standing next to you. But if I'm a player and you're going to come to me with all the rules that we have seen, yeah. then, then I want most of my salary. Like, oh, I'm not, yeah. not going to play for cheap so that I can be away from my family, sitting in the stands, six feet Here, away from here's my Here's my theory. If yeah. you can't play baseball, don't play. If you can't play baseball, don't play. If you can't, if you got to create yeah. little league baseball, you know, yeah. artificial limits on positioning and how I advance around the bases. And if you're going to do that, don't play. If you, if you don't play, if, if that's the, 
if if you have to do that. Mm-hmm. Play the game or don't play the game. It's like the NFL. What are what are they going to do? They got to play the game. You got to give well, them credit they, I though. Think they will. <laughs> you got to give them credit though. Reavers as a season ticket holder tells me they're already out there sending letters demanding their money. The Vikings. Oh, the Vikings. All of it. Are they really? Yep. I'm not surprised. Yep. And football will play. Mm-hmm. See, I don't think football is going to care nearly as much as baseball is. But what if they don't let people in? Oh, I don't think they will. But I think they'll still play. Yeah. Well, what am I going to do? What are you, you going to sit on my money until? Oh, that's a whole. I have no idea what that's going to. I have no clue about that. I'm just saying. Well, I, it's worth football's time. Yes. To play, but the players. They'll probably get those idiots to take half as much money, too. That's the thing. That's the difference. The players in baseball, okay. you push them. Baseball players will tell yes. you to go flip off. Uh-huh. In football, you push them, and they'll say, thank you very much. When do I need to show up? Rivers and I kicked off the uh, two-run double baseball podcast today, and I suggested to him, after Blake Snell has made himself the biggest idiot in baseball, Twins should trade for him. I think his value is down to a low he's a, point. He's a pariah, so you can go get him? Yes, you can get him cheap. And by the time you play, it'll be next year, and he can apologize, hey, right? By the way, how stupid how stupid does baseball think we are? After a week of, of all this back and forth about money and players, right, and owners, I love how they conveniently leaked the 67-page report on how they're going to keep people healthy so that we won't talk about the fact that they're still trying to stiff the players, which is all the players care about. Yes. But, I mean, how uh, dumb do they think that that we are, that we're going to glum onto this now and not talk about the fact that they have a major problem with the players? You cannot play baseball with social distancing. You cannot. You don't like it. If you can't play it, don't play it. If you don't, these are healthy 30-year-old men. They're not going to die. And, uh, you know, if somebody gets, the other thing is, you know, they said if one person gets it, they're not going to have to quarantine the whole team. Yep. Okay. What's the limit then? Four get it? Then we got to quarantine the whole team. That's the other thing. If you can't play baseball, don't play. I got a theory for you. And by the way. Yep. I'm going to make them pay me every time they take my temperature. I said, okay, you can take my temperature once every four days. What do you want, five bucks? I'm not doing it every day. All right, here's my theory. Here's my theory. Baseball conveniently came out with this 67-page report because they know there's no way in hell that they can do this, right? Because this is going to be, at its heart, a financial issue. The players want X amount. Owners don't don't want to pay them, right? Yeah. So I think what we're getting now is they're going to say we can't do it because of the health concerns when the reality is they're yeah. not going to do it because they can't agree on a financial structure, but they know how bad they look if they come out and say we couldn't come to a financial agreement. But there's enough people talking out of school that the national guys will know the true story. I agree with that. But I'm saying they think that we're dumb enough that we're going to buy, oh, they tried real hard but they couldn't maintain social distancing guidelines for a baseball game, so that's why they're not playing. Well, that could be the reason they sent out a 67-page page report of saying this is all we got. I, I don't yeah, – we're going we're gonna to maintain – tell me specifically what you're going to do. 
Eddie Rosario has to stay there. He can't go into the gap because he'll be too close to the center fielder. The death of shifting. That's what this yes. is. Well, no more true. shifting. That's true. Everyone stays in their position. I tell you, I tell you one thing though. The 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 commissioner, the ant, as I referred to him in print the other day, the anti baseball commissioner. Yep. Uh, he 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 desperately wants to play this so he can impose all his uh, new crap. In Hell his, yeah. Yeah. Universal DH. Yep. Electronic strike zone. More playoff teams, which mm-hmm. they won't go back More from. playoff team. No. Once they're yeah. in it, they're going to declare it to be a phenomenal success, even if it's not. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and this is going to be the first step. If they got the players to agree on the revenue share, this would be the first step towards getting some type of salary cap or trying to in the CBA, well, which I think the players will balk at big time, but yeah. I still think they're going to yeah. try. Yeah, you don't have... Uh... You don't have uh, Marvin Miller or Don Fear running that union anymore. Are they going to let Tony Clark continue? Well, so far he hasn't lost the big one, but we'll see how this comes out. I think if they put him in place, he's going to lose the big one, don't you? I'm not sure, but uh, it's unbelievable. By the way, my hero is pitching on TV here, Doc Ellis. Who just walked Rodney Crew in the 71 All-Star yeah, game. Yeah, Doc did not pitch good in that All-Star game, but... Uh, you, you've seen that documentary, right? Yeah, I told oh, you about it. It's, it's great. great. It is terrific, yep. Doc could take some coke. He didn't last very long. 50s, right? In his yeah, yeah, in his 50s, I believe. Yeah. Late 50s, maybe. What a well, beauty. he told you the great story about yeah, the ice, yeah, house. ice houses. He used to, used to visit uh, visit Lake Minnetonka to, to uh, go fishing. And he said, those frozen lakes, man, the greatest thing. You can use all the cocaine you want. Nobody bothers you. <laughs> He was great. He was fun. I, you know, I'm so old. I actually covered him when he pitched a little bit in Texas. I believe he was a pain in the ass as a player, right? Yeah, could, but could no. But a lot of the, a lot of the writers liked him because he, if you covered him, if you covered his team, he'd give you stuff. You okay. know, the Texas guys loved him. I know. You know, he. I mean, he'd tell you if you asked him a stupid question, but that's okay. okay. So anyway, well, uh, what else you got? What else do I got? I wrote down a few. You got a bunch of notes. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, most of these involve uh, domestic disputes. I'm saving those for Joe's show. How are you doing in the battle? Oh, man. Knockout. Knockout punch in the game of flaws yesterday. I was like... uh, I was like Tyson and Mike Spinks. I was Michael Spinks. I didn't get out of the first round. uh, I hope it wasn't a pay-per-view. No, that three-inch... that three-inch rain uh, put us in a situation where we had to backwash the pool, else it would have went over the top. And there are four things that have to be done to backwash the pool. Okay. But you have to do them in a proper order. <laughs> and proper. And so in an attempt to make sure I was doing it right, because she knows I took photos and on my iPad and brought them up and said, okay, which one of these? I've told you a hundred times. So she had to come outside in the rain to do it for me. And the boy, that's, oh, it, it was heaven. It was heaven for her. She was so happy because could, she could remind me of that. You didn't even say thank you. And I said, okay, wait a minute now. When I say, how much is that going to cost me? You get upset. Yep. So... This is our pool, <laughs> so there's nothing wrong with you being the one to repair it. Maybe you don't deserve thanks, you know. So anyway, oh, <laughs> anyway, Woo. so did you go? I had no idea. Huh? 
Were, were you both out by the oh, pool? Yeah, I was okay. over there, uh, all right, trying to trying to help. But uh, all I ended up with, you got to run those. You got to run this long, like that. I don't know. It's not a hose, but it's a long piece of uh, vinyl that the water shoots out from, and you got to. You, you got to unroll that. I I rolled that. I, I, unrolled, like I unrolled that and then wrapped it up later. That was the best you right there. I did. That, I tried to help. I but, give you uh, credit. Damn, was that a rain, though? Holy cow. The, the, the good news is they will not uh, be able to tell us we're heading for a drought this summer. I think we're going to, what do you think they're going to do? Play town team ball here uh, starting June 1? Yes, my guess, is they, my guess is they'll have town team ball. I think they I think uh, the old gov has given up because he realizes that people no longer are paying attention. The social distancing too at Town Team Ball is very possible. Yeah, sure it is. Yeah, but they but they're going to play the game. They're going to have the catcher and the umpire, and if somebody wants to lead off first base, they're not going to. Yeah, no. These people aren't going to die, and they're not going to go visit mom and dad at the nursing home. Well, if they're concerned, they can wear masks for that. Yeah, I, I think yeah. they'll play. Town uh, team by the ball. way, somebody said I saw a New York Times photo of a exhibition game that was played at the Rose Bowl in January of 1919, I believe, Yep. during the Spanish flu. Yep. The umpire, the catcher, and the hitter were all wearing little masks uh, from really? their nose. You know, they were kind of loose, hanging masks down over the uh, – but I don't think they played in the major leagues that way. They they played major they leagues. They tell about it. That's the question. Uh, well, it's, uh, you'd think that we'd be ahead of the curve from what we were – a century ago, but apparently not. No, no, I don't think we are at all. What's fun, though, is to have a president of the United States who's gone completely insane the last two 48 hours. The guy is hilarious. He's unbelievable. Yeah, well, is that the one? That, no, that, is that, that's not that's the, not the Reggie one. That's not the Reggie one. No, that, that was Rodney. a Carew, Carew home run. Rodney, no, no, Rodney didn't know. Oh, no, he watched home run. Who hit the home run? Rodney Is that hit Frank Robinson. Yep, it looks like yeah, Frank. Look how skinny he was. Holy cow! That wasn't a bad AL lineup. Well, hell no. That was a pretty good. Sweet. That guy, that kind of gave him a chance in the war in the All Star game when they got Frank off that other team and on their team, right? Yeah, exactly. The Orioles. What a trade! All right, sir. I think we're done here. All right. Well, it was. A game I'm sorry going. that you lost in the game of loss. Yeah, oh, I've still got a sore jaw from that one. <laughs> All right. Hey, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I got another one for you to watch. The Great on Hulu. Okay. It's a uh, satire, humorous satire on the reign of Catherine the Great in Russia in the 1700s. Pretty funny.